0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? We've got a great show planned for you. We're going to be talking about how to ask out your crush. Also talking about mail and securities Sliding into tons of DMs, Uh, start with some good news. Target, God bless them, I love this. They're going to spend more than $2 billion in black-owned businesses by 2025. I think that's phenomenal. Whenever I'm going to make some purchases, especially major purchases, I try to find queer-owned or black-owned. Even better if it's queer and black. But uh, I try to put my money into helping support people that have been traditionally marginalized and exploited. So trans people, gay people, black people, anyone of color, indigenous individuals. I do the research. Who owns this? I also look at the power structure. When you look at the corporate structure for a company, um, do you see anyone of color in there? Anyone gay? Is it all just a bunch of white cis hetero dudes or you know, white, cis, hetero women. Like I want to see inclusivity. Inclusivity is about giving multiple different kinds of people power. So target 2 billion in black owned businesses by 2025. Absolutely love that. Also looking at a study, American parents, no shocker here, ready for this one? It's it's the parent part. That's the qualifier are among the most burnout in the world. You think because moms and dads, or dads and dads, or moms and moms. I hate that it just says moms and dads, y'all. Come on, it's 2021. There's more than just straight people in the world. Um, they're trying to be the perfect parents. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Trying to put on the perfect holiday, right? Have everyone put together. We're in a pandemic and they've got to work. It's exhausting. That's why I keep saying like, drop the bar down, y'all. We're doing 60%. Good enough is what we're doing everywhere. Good enough at the gym. That's right. Good enough in school. Good enough at work. We're doing 60%, maybe 70%. we are not trying to be perfect anymore, right? We're setting boundaries, we're resting, focusing on family, joy and pleasure. Stop trying to be perfect parents and instead focus on just being good parents. Focus on just spending time. It's okay if the Christmas China doesn't all match. It's okay if the balloons aren't what we wanted. You know what I mean? Like We have to drop the bar down. I work at so many families and they get so stressed and exhausted around parenting and also around the holidays and the summer's coming and everyone's going to want the perfect vacation or whatever it is. We're, we're practicing just kind of letting go a little bit because there's no value in getting ourselves burnt out. And if you're feeling burnt out, it means you're doing too much. If you're feeling burnout, it need, means you need to set boundaries with people or with the things you're doing and reorganize. The study talks about how it's just been too normalized where people just accept it and allow the stress. No, no. We have to actually push back. We, we're, we can't just accept. Otherwise, it doesn't improve. <laughs> See how that works? So we're taking our vacation time, right? We're telling the kids no maybe to, how, to what they want or all the places they want to go or the opposite. We're doing everything, but we're not expecting it to be perfect or ideal. We're focusing more on fun and time together, not how it looks or if it looks the way everyone else is doing or how much money we've spent on it. Also saw yet another report of people utilizing online dating and sex apps as a way to victimize people. So just yet again, another reminder, please FaceTime, get someone on FaceTime before you go see someone to make sure they are who they say they are. And also do do that whole thing where you have a good friend that you share your location with. Share your location with your friends so people know where you were and how to find you. Also, maybe have a friend, as I said again, that you can just, out of the blue, send a location to or some information and they'll know what that's about and they'll know where you're going, that you're going to hook up with someone or going on a date. Send the location, share your location on your iPhone, and also send whatever information you have about the person. It's all about safety. We're not having any shame or guilt about being a participant in hookup culture. Have at it. I'm all about it. You got my support. But we have to do it safely and smartly because I'm seeing these reports. Once a week at least, I'm seeing studies. These are around the world. And this is horrifying. And finally, I just want to end this segment by giving another COVID reminder. Someone just came out showing that they became infected right after the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So it's not a commentary on the J&J vaccine as much as just a reminder that although the vaccines prevent the seriousness of infections, we can still get them. And yes, we can still pass them along. There's a lot of research coming out saying you don't have to worry about that. But you do, because if people are still getting infected, they still have the capacity of passing them along. And we're still seeing breakout infections. So remember, just because we're vaccinated doesn't mean we shouldn't be wearing masks, especially because there's a lot of people that aren't wanting to get vaccinated. And so we're protecting ourselves from them and from passing it along. And I'm just, and I'm honoring everyone that's worried about someone maybe in their family who isn't following protocol and isn't getting vaccinated. You do have a right to sit down and talk about boundaries and exposure because you might be vaccinated, you might be wearing a mask, but if you're cohabitating or working with people who are doing none of the above, we still are talking about risks. And I would love for people in positions of power, the parents or the bosses or the supervisors to really step in and regulate that. You don't wanna be a vector for transmissions. Well, how's that gonna look for your business? How's that gonna look for your organization? How's that gonna look for your family to be in the headlines for being a vector for transmission and infections, you know what I mean? So again, the summer's coming. I want everyone to be able to participate as fully as they need to. But the way we do that is by still continuing to be very thoughtful, right? To wash our hands and wearing a mask and still paying attention to all that. So we're not out of the woods yet. I'll keep I'll keep you updated though. All right, coming up next, we're going to be talking about how to ask out your crush because it's 2021 and we are going into it with confidence. We're creating, we're, we are creating the conditions upon which the relationships we want can happen. happen. And then we're going to be talking about mail insecurity so that we can normalize, but more importantly, dismantle those ideals that are creating challenges in all of our lives. <laughs> all right, y'all, stick around. you will listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back and we're talking about how to ask out your crush. Bum, 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 bum. Nothing brings more terror into people's lives. It's hilarious. We have so much anxiety about the vulnerability of giving someone that Powerful compliment that someone's interested in you and find you attractive. Uh, no longer, we're all deciding in 2021 that if we have a crush on someone, we're letting them know. We're honoring consent and compassion, but uh, we're giving those compliments and we're taking risks. It's something we gotta do, something we gotta do. But again, we're always uh, the caveat is we're doing this all within care and compassion. If someone's showing signs of disinterest or discomfort, we immediately say, I apologize, thank you, have a great rest of your day, we move on with our lives, right? We're not trying to coerce, we're not trying to court, we're not trying to chase, because again, that's not honoring someone's lack of interest, right? We don't wanna convince or coerce someone into wanting to go on a date with us. It's not what this is about. Uh, Also, I wanna just give a disclaimer in the uh, inverse or reverse of that. If someone hits on you, Realize how much uh, confidence that takes, right? And just be loving, be kind, be thoughtful, say thank you. You know, Don't be offended. Uh, it's a compliment, take the freaking compliment. That's what normalizes people asking others out. I work with so many people that complain, I'm single, I'm single, I'm single, but they themselves are not willing to take any action and ask someone out. I do not care what your gender presentation is. If you wanna be in a relationship, learn how to ask people out and move through the world in an open, single, approachable way. But some of those same people, Will then flip and start to shame or mock some of the people that have swiped on them or matched with them or asked them out. And they're talking about height and weight and, and class and all these things. And it's like, get over yourself. Just be thankful that someone actually is interested in you and be willing to offer that to someone else. We have to let go of all these ego things. Your worth is not dependent upon the kind of people that ask you out, you know? Love doesn't look like that. So, um, what are some of the things we need to think about? Well, again, remember, I, I think every single space is uh, open space for us to ask someone out. Again, we want to be uh, appropriate. We want to be respectful. We want to first always think about power dynamics. I I, I think you have to be very cautious about you know, uh, asking someone out who maybe is working, uh, especially if they work for you, that's a whole different conversation. But if you're moving through the world and you're asking out, you know, the person who works at the desk at your gym or your barista or your server, that's a power differential. They might not feel as empowered to say no or set a boundary. So I always say, best case scenario, ask them out when they're not working or they're off work. This is a really a topic about seeing someone in the store while you're grocery shopping, seeing another person working out at the gym, Maybe a colleague that's on the same horizontal level of power, because again, power structures really do matter. And um, you know, again, we're really stepping into moving towards what we want in 2021. So the first thing I always remind everyone is interested people like signs of interest, 100%. There's no shame in letting someone know know that you're interested and find them attractive. If they're interested, they'll be so glad you did that. And if not, good to know, right? But when you do it appropriately and with compassion, giving someone a compliment, is something that usually makes their day. I know I love when I get hit on. <laughs> Puts a smile on my face, you know? It, it connects to and taps into my eroticism, you know, healthy parts of my ego. We all wanna be, you know, feel desirable out in the world and attractive. Um, and if they're interested, you know, like I said, they'll be happy you took the risk. And if not lovingly and respectfully, they'll say, hey, you know, thank you so much. I'm not available to that, right? It's as clean and, clean and clear as that. Um, but also you gotta be direct. There's a lot of vague terms and concepts out there, right? People have to know what it is you're exactly asking. So if you walk up to your crush, you gotta make sure you use the words, do you wanna go out? Do you wanna go on a date? Gotta use the word dates. Gotta use the word date. Uh, Because there's a lot of people that don't understand what it means when you say something like, hey, wanna hang out? Wanna get coffee? Wanna go for a hike? I know some clients that have moved to new cities, they're trying to make friends, and that's kind of how that happens. If you're bonding or connecting with someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're single or or attracted to you, right? So we have to use the right word so people really understand what it is that they're being asked to do, right? Um, and it, it makes everyone's confidence enhanced, right? Because we all know we're on the same page. Uh, be clear, like I said, you gotta use the word date. Um, don't, <laughs> don't collapse or reduce down that boldness, right? By using those words like hang out or go for coffee. You have to let people consent. It's a informed consent. Everyone has to know what's happening, right? So using the word date allows everyone to consent and also let you know that that yes was a true yes to possible romance, right? Be very thoughtful about that. Um, I work with a lot of people where they're like so I don't know if I got asked out on a date or not or the inverse I don't know if that person knows that that's a date I asked them out on (laughs) you know what I mean Um, also you have to make sure that they're single or that they're in a open relationship of some kind don't assume that because someone said yes that they don't already maybe have a primary partner maybe they're open to something sexual only maybe they're Open to more than one partner. Um, Also, maybe they're newly dating and so they're talking to more than one person. That's part of it. That's not a sign of them not being serious or interested. Serious people are dating multiple people. Dating to see if they want a relationship. We don't just jump into a relationship. We date to see if we want one with someone. So just know that. Upon entry, they might already have a primary partner. They might have been talking to someone for weeks or months. That doesn't mean that you can't still be given an opportunity to see what's there. But, you know, times have changed. We can't assume that them saying yes means they're single and vice versa. Don't assume because someone asks you out that they don't have a primary partner or they might not be in an open relationship or, you know, interested in you and getting to know you, but maybe also taking time to get to know other people. I tell every client of mine, date multiple people and then decide from that if there's a connection and if there's compatibility, build into something more committed and serious from that. But we can't expect commitment, monogamy and exclusivity from the door. So just remember that we have to ask the right questions, right? Um, Also, you got to be able to accept and hear the word no. I think that's so hard for some people, (laughs) you know, but again, it's on both parties. We are responsible for other people. I don't want anyone doing something they don't want to do. Please do not mislead someone. If you are not interested, say no. Don't say yes, knowing they asked you out on a date and think you're gonna somehow turn it into something else. We're gonna keep talking about this in a minute. We gotta take a quick break. Uh, yes, yeah, stick around and come back. We're gonna talk about how to ask someone out. You're listening to Love Lime with Dr. Chris on the new channel QN on Odyssey. All right, we're back and we're talking about how to ask someone out. Uh, it shouldn't be that difficult. We got to get more familiar with it. I think the online dating's awesome, but uh, sometimes we see someone out in the wild, <laughs> out in the real world, and not that you know online dating isn't real. It absolutely is. We need to actually take it, I think, a little more seriously and have a little more respect for the uh, people on the other end that we're talking to. But um, sometimes you're gonna see someone at the gym, at the coffee shop at the uh, supermarket. So interested, people like signs of interest, we said that. So be bold, ask someone out and if they're interested, they'll be glad you did. Uh, Be direct, use the word date, be clear so that they know and you know what it is that's being asked. And if you are not interested, say no, don't lead someone on, don't think, oh, I didn't know what to say so I said yes, now I'm begrudgingly going and they're excited and they think that I'm interested and then I'm gonna go and then I'm gonna ghost them. or It's like, no, just say no. If you're interested, say yes, if you're not, say no. Don't do the in-between. I mean, when in doubt, go out, sure, give them a chance, but if you're like, look, I'm not attracted to them, already know them and I know I'm not interested, just say no. But yes, when in doubt, go out. Saying yes to a date is not a commitment to anything more than that. Saying yes to a second date or a third date is not a commitment to anything more than that. You're allowed to date dating is casually spending time with someone and getting to know them. Dating or saying yes to a date is not a commitment to commitment or monogamy or exclusivity or a relationship or even marriage. You are allowed to date someone to casually get to know them. And then at any point, you're allowed to change your mind. That is what dating is. People have anxiously and desperately turned it into something bigger, heavier, and more committal. It's not. You have a responsibility to each other. So if you change your mind, you have to lovingly let them down. And as I said before, if you're not willing to end a relationship, please don't get into one. You have to be willing to openly and directly say to them, I'm not interested in continuing to see you, you have to. If you know you're not able to do that or willing to do that, please stop dating because you're hurting people and that's not what the the point of this is, right? I work with a lot of people that are trying to overcome all of that trauma from people not being kind. So again, say no if you mean no, say yes if you mean yes and if you're unsure, when in doubt, go explore and find out more. Also, don't collapse into shame over getting a no. That is part of the process. If you don't think you can handle a no, you are not ready to ask people out. You, you gave them a confident a compliment. You built up your confidence. Um, and next time you see them, you can still smile and wave. You now know this person a little bit. You know, Again, there's a boundary there maybe. Maybe they're not looking to be a friend of yours. But you can still wave and smile. No one hurt anyone right? They're not your enemy. Someone you dated and that ended is also not your enemy. We have to get rid of this idea that exes are enemies or someone we dated and they weren't interested in more. They did something bad. No, they didn't. You can't get mad at someone for saying no. You can't get mad at someone for breaking up with you. That is allowed. That's supposed to happen if they're not interested. Be mad if they stuck around when they weren't interested, right? We can't be mad at people for that. And you can't feel bad if you ask someone out and they said no or let you down. Don't ignore them. (laughs) Don't join a new gym and go to a different supermarket. You continue to live your life confidently. You wave and you smile, right? Dating is risk. Dating is vulnerability. And it often means letting, being let down or letting someone down, but we do it anyway if you want partnership, right? But we all have to be ethical and compassionate so that this process doesn't have to be so traumatic and difficult for everyone. And then finally, ask again. Not that person, someone else. Try again, I guess I should say. Keep asking people out. Even if someone says yes, keep asking people out. We never know if that one person will turn out to be someone of interest or compatible. Ask multiple people out. You gotta go through the, uh, the letdowns, but it pays off, right? Because the potential mate might not always see you as a, uh, a potential romantic partner and you have to ask them out for that consideration to emerge. Because I've had people ask me out that I never saw that way. When they asked me out, I thought, you know what? I could see that and I went and it worked and it was great, you know? But they have to be vulnerable and you have to take that risk because you're not gonna know what's truly possible in that way until you try right? And that's why I keep saying it's 2021. We're, we're being more confident. We're working on ourselves. We're trying to be better. We're trying to create the kind of lives we want. COVID taught us a lot about isolation and connection and romance and self-care, right? And we're taking all of that forward. And hopefully you spent this time during COVID working on being a better person, right? Because also I can't tell you how many stories I have, or even how many times I've seen this in my own life, see two people notice each other and neither one are willing to go up and ask the other out or acknowledge it. They somehow magically put it on the other. I see women do it too. Women, you gotta ask people out and flirt. Sorry, it's 2021, we're not being passive, we're not doing gender roles anymore. The healthy guys aren't playing those games anymore because we know that there's a dark side to that traditionalism. We know that there's a dark side to gender roles. And if someone's really into gender roles, they're really into gender roles. So we can't be surprised when the dark parts come with the light parts. We can't buffet style pick how that works, right? We're getting rid of all that, that's feminism, that's equality, that's getting rid of toxic masculinity, putting all the assertion and aggression on a man. No, it doesn't work like that. I work with a lot of amazing men that don't think in those terms. A lot of gay men that don't have the confidence asking someone out, a lot of gay women. Oftentimes people don't even know if someone else is interested and then we smile and we walk away and it's like we have to be willing to assert and step up and step into that vulnerability and take those risks, it pays off. I went through a period of my life where I made it my business to ask people out. You know, I got some letdowns. People weren't available or not interested. Also got to go on some amazing dates. You know, we got to take those risks. When in doubt, go find out. But we all have to take responsibility. And you have to say, I'm willing to somehow step into my anxiety just a little bit more, a little bit more, just a tiny bit more than I normally am and willing in service of kind of achieving all the things I haven't been able to thus far. All right, y'all, coming up next is some DMs and then we're gonna talk about male insecurities. Yes, the common insecurities that men struggle with. All of us need to be aware of these because we are all part of the systems that have set it up so that people cannot just feel okay about who they are. So stick around. Coming up next, DMs, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Next question says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Justine. And my older brother, Xavier, just came out to my family. Ah, Welcome to the world, Xavier. He is my best friend, I'm so proud of him. Aw, I'm glad Xavier has you, because the journey just begins. I don't know how old you both are he is, but it begins. My family has mixed feelings, ah. All right. All right. Well, you know we live in a heterocentric culture, very homophobic. So it just got real. I want to defend him. Is that my place? Or do I just let him fight? I want to do this the right way and show that I have his back 100%. Yikes. Fight. You said your parents have mixed feelings. You want to defend him, but is it your place? Okay, well, let's let's break this down. Uh, yeah. Everything's your place. If you are at Starbucks and you see someone doing something racist or saying something racist, yeah, you need to step in. If you're anywhere and someone's doing something transphobic, you need to step in. That's called being an ally. That's called being a good person. Like, we are responsible for what's going on around us. Please, everyone, look out for each other. Like, yeah, if you see someone getting stopped by the cops, especially if they're of color, please start recording it. Stay there until you know that it's all been resolved. Like, I want us to help dismantle white supremacy and homophobia. There are still reports of people getting murdered around the country for being gay, people getting beaten and caned for having sex secretly in their home that someone found out. It is illegal in countries around the world. We still, people getting murdered in our country for being gay or trans. Yes, you need to be an ally first off. Everyone out there, you need to be an ally. I'm telling everyone that's listening, you need to work on dismantling racism, homophobia, fat shaming, transphobia. It's called being a good person, right? So that's just being an ally. But now you're also his brother. Yes, please look out for the people you care about, 100%, even when he's not around. That's when it's most important. Hey, mom and dad, you will not talk problematically about him being gay in front of me because now you're impacting your relationship with me because you're talking about someone I care about that you should care about. So yeah, you need to school them, you need to educate them, you need to hold them accountable, you need to teach them how to not be bigots, 100%. You need to do it openly in front of him as well when he's there. He needs you to have his back and there shouldn't be any fighting, that bums me out. If fighting is involved, and I th- I'm hoping you mean just verbal, then that's emotional abuse. So should you help him deal with emotional abuse in the family? Uh, yeah, because saying homophobic things is emotional abuse, 100%. Maybe you both need to move out if your family's having mixed feelings. What does that even mean? Their Their son who overnight came out, now they're questioning his worth and value as a person and a child, shame on them. That's disgusting, that's disgusting. If you're not ready to support your child if they come out as gay or trans, you are not ready to be a parent because parenting is about caregiving your child, not caregiving the fantasy of who you think they need to be or who you thought they would be. You need to grow up and get over that. And so he absolutely needs you. And if it doesn't resolve, you and him need to get the heck out of there because this is his mental health. This is his physical health, right? Yeah, I want everyone to step in. We all have to be allies for everyone, 100%. Bums me out in 2021 that families are still thinking that way, but I forget that I live in California and sometimes I live under a rock in terms of inclusivity and acceptability, but like, my God, um, 100%, we need to do better. We definitely have not tackled (laughs) that topic or that issue. It's gotten really quiet though, gay rights and people pushing for that. Um, So we need to start making a little bit more noise. We need to start kind of um, advocating better, being better allies. It's gotten way too quiet. I think some people actually think that that's a battle that's been tackled. Like, oh, well, gay people can get married now. We're good. It's like, oh my God. That's for a small sect of people. That's like a privileged position that they're even worrying or thinking about marriage. Basic human rights are still getting ignored. (laughs) We're still battling for trans rights in healthcare. Like... The ba- the battle's truly just getting started. We have a we have a lot more a lot more to do. Um, all right, y'all. Coming up next, we're going to talk about male insecurities because uh, you know I think culturally we tend to talk a lot about them when they show up in people that are female or fem or female identified, whatever it is for you. Um, and we want to talk about the male insecurities. Why? Because we are all part of these systems that create. This and uh, we're all negatively impacted by it as well. So stick around, and then of course, we'll be sliding into those DMs to close out the show. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in our Loveline IG page, and you can check out past episodes by going to wearechannelq.com. All right, stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back, and uh, we're talking about sex toys. That's right getting into the second half of the show that's when things get a little a little juicier so it's time to put the kids to bed turn the radio off sneak into your room put on the headphones whatever it is i'm talking about sex toys why well a lot of reasons why we talked on an earlier show about how uh there are record numbers of sales in sex toys right now why well we're home <laughs> we're home with ourselves For a lot of people, thankfully, hookup culture has been put on pause, but people still want to have a phenomenal sex life just with themselves. I think it's great for us always to be exploring with toys, why? Because it reminds us that sex is more than just penetration with a partner. It reminds us that our entire body has the capacity to give us pleasure. We can use a vibrator on our thighs, under our scrotum, on our chest, anywhere. I like the expansiveness of a sex toy. It tells us that we're not dependent upon penetration or erections, that you can have same sex, opposite sex, non-penetrative sex. We need to be normalizing that. Why? As we age, we'll be losing erectile capacities. That's right. That's normal and healthy for your erections to not be as on demand, not as solid, not as firm, not last as long. That is healthy. That's normal. We have to learn how to work with that and allow that to many people come into my office thinking it's a problem to be cured, disappointments are going to occur. Right? Also, sometimes we have mood issues, personality issues. We're depressed. We're taking medication. We've lost someone. We're stressed at work. All these things that make us maybe not able, interested, or willing to show up in the ways we have traditionally. Sex toys are a way for us to continue to have pleasure with ourselves and our partners. The partner wants penetration and we can't offer it because we are not someone who's born with a penis or our erections don't do what we want. We can use sex toys. Thank God for them. Because remember, what's the point of sex? Fun! and we can have fun with that, and if sex for you isn't about fun, it's about doing it the way you think it needs to be done for it to be correct or complete, you have some maturing to do. That's a sexually immature perspective, that there's only one right way, and it has to be that way, because sexual health is about being creative, being fluid, being honest, being in the moment. We're trying to be body positive, and that means letting your body do what it's asking to do and honoring that, right? We're not forcing our bodies anymore. It's 2021. We're all about sex and body positivity, So owning a sex toy should be something we don't have shame about. It should be quite the opposite. And our sex phobic, sex negative culture, especially for people that are female identified or female presenting, it's a really radical empowering thing to be like, I'm a sexual being, look, I have sex toys. I don't need to hide them. I don't need to lie about it. We need to be openly able to walk into the sex store and purchase. I want people to openly be able to talk about masturbating and the sex they're having. We need to get more familiar and comfortable with sex, not less, always with consent, but when we're talking about things verbal verbal expression is different from, different from physical consent different and we have to be able to openly talk about I'm very sex positive. My boundaries are such that I talk openly about sex. That's my boundaries. It might not be comfortable for someone else's boundaries and they need to go take care of themselves around that. But to be in my world, we talk openly about bodies and sex because there's nothing bad, negative, or traumatic in that discussion. If people are triggered, then they need to be, that's the trigger warning. People need to go prepare themselves and to deal with that. We have to be able to enter into these conversations. That's the work. It's also part of the sexual healing process. We have to be able to encounter sexuality. It's everywhere. But for many, sex toys is a really powerful way for them to reclaim their sexuality, saying, I don't need a partner. That's why it's so feminist. I don't need a partner. I can have sex and pleasure and penetration with myself. Also pushing back on capitalism. I'm spending my money on something that's just about me. It's just about fun and pleasure. It doesn't have anything productive tied to it, right? It's also sex positive because you're, you're extending your sexuality. There's something in your hand that concretizes it, right? That shows the world, even if it's just privately in your room but you take the control back. And we're in a pandemic. Sex and masturbation are great ways to self-soothe. It's a great coping mechanism. We're stressed, we're tired, we're depressed. I we want people taking that time. I'm telling them every day they need to do self-care. Sex toy is a great way to do that. It's a great way to do self-care. Why? It's joy and pleasure. It's rooted in rest. Maybe you're not doing as much work, you're in the toy. It's also meditative. You're zoning out, going into, it's a right brain activity. It's like yoga or other forms of meditation. You're just sitting in your body and you're sitting in the pleasure. There's no goal. There's no necessary outcome. You're just on this journey. You're just spending time with yourself. That's what it's all about. Spending money on yourself like that. Um, In the next segment, we're going to talk about storage, purchase, use, safety, but I just wanted to open up by normalizing this. I want everyone to ask themselves, why am I not willing to take the time, energy, or money to purchase something that's just for me and just for my pleasure? And maybe I'll welcome my partner into that. We can use it together, right, where they can be brought in and it can be an extension of them but it expands. It reminds us that there's so much more to sex than just what our two or three or four or five bodies, depending on how many people you bring into your bedroom, can create. And I love that. It, it, it awakens new areas. It helps us have new areas touch that generally we ignore. And it's safe to do it with yourself first, with your own hands, with your own eyes, seeing your body, seeing your body receive and give pleasure, watching yourself in the mirror using a toy Right, Realizing I'm a full sexual being because we tend to, with partners, shrink, hide, get more quiet, tighten up. We don't tend to vocalize and get loud and let loose and just let ourselves be because we're we're worried about the gaze. How am I being perceived? The gaze is in G-A-Z-E, not G-A-Y-S. Worried about our partner's gaze upon us. What are they thinking? What are they feeling? Takes us out of our bodies and into our heads. Makes us less pleasure-driven, right? Creates a lot of disappointments. We're going to come back, talk about, uh, talk more about sex toys, safety, storage, all the important points. Question night, as always up on our love IG page, weigh in on that. And then we'll be closing out the show with some DMS. You're listening to love line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and odyssey. All right, we're back and we're continuing our discussion about the importance of sex toys. That's right. They're on the rise, especially vegan ones. We reported on that. Uh, I think it was earlier this week. Nah, it all blends in together at this point. Uh, anyway, in the segment prior, we we're talking about the importance of it. It's about autonomy, right? It's one of the most feminist autonomous things in the world, getting a sex toy, because you're saying, I don't need a partner, especially in heterosexual dynamics. You don't need to need a man that sex and pleasure is something that we can generate, with ourselves, for ourselves, we don't need a partner. Also normalizes the idea that we don't need erections and penetration because sex is bigger than that and at times in our lives due to illness, aging, disability, all sorts of different factors, we might not want penetrative sex. Some people, their sexual orientation is being a side, which means they're not a top or bottom. And being a top or bottom also is about heterosexual relationships as well. Not every butch person or male identified person is a top. Some men are bottom, some straight men are bottoms. They are passive, they are receptive, and uh, straight people need to know that. Gay people need to know that too, that not everyone's a top or a bottom. Some people don't want penetration at all, and someone's presentation or gender presentation doesn't speak to the role they'll be in sex, and that's what's confusing for some straight couples. Gay worlds, they have a little more familiarity with versatility, but in straight couples, they assume the girl's receptive in the bottom and the guy's the top and in the initiator. It's not true. And that fouls a lot of couples up. The female will say, why isn't my husband initiating sex or more assertive? Because that's not his orientation. And you need to find someone who is that way or you need to learn how to step into your assertion, right? Ask for what you want, get your needs met um it's called being sexually honest we can't be living in the fantasy of how things should be or how we want them to be we have to live in the reality of who we are and our partners i work with some of those couples they bring their partner in and they're like make them a different sexual being and i say i can't but i can work with you on learning how to accept who they are working around it or making better and new decisions it's a really powerful moment that occurs in all relationships when we go up against the limits of humanity you know and uh, busting through the fantasy of what we thought we were going to have or who we thought or wanted our partners or selves to be. But anyway, getting back to sex toys specifically, listen, uh, there's a lot of materials out there. Sex toys are not regulated by the FDA, surprising to some. It falls under the category of novelty. So it's wild, wild west out there. Uh, All the materials are not safe. And when we're using something on ourselves, putting it inside of our bodies, we want to make sure it's a product that is built for that, something non-porous. So the safest materials are going to be silicone, steel, and glass often more expensive. But yes, we want to spend money on something like this because some materials will erode and fall apart due to heat, consistent use, if we're talking about something with a motor or battery. And the more money we spend and the better the material, sometimes that can really pan out. Not always, but generally. So pay attention to that. Also storage. You want to store them separately. Things like rubber and silicone will react when stored together. So store your sex toys in a way that they're not touching each other. People don't realize that. It's important. Keep them out of the heat, out of the sun. Put them in a drawer. That's why we do that. Not because of shame. There's no shame in being a sexual being. We all are, most of us. Uh, But make sure the materials aren't touching. Also make sure you're cleaning them after every use. People will get lazy. Making sure you're also cleaning them after use with each partner and also after each use on different entry point. Some people try to double dip, not realizing they need to clean after use in one area, moving to another insertion. Uh, Condoms are great for putting over sex toys to make that easier, quicker, cleaner, and safer. We definitely don't wanna just be grabbing random objects that can create small tears or abrasions in which infections can get in, right? Or unsafe materials being inserted inside of us that can break down. Of course, we have to pay attention to the lubes we use. Water-based tends to be the best. You definitely don't wanna use a silicone oil-based lube with a silicone product that will eat away at it, including condoms, right? So we want to be very thoughtful. It's a whole new brave world, but the numbers are up. I'm thankful for that. You know, This is part of self-care, pleasure, and joy. And that's left out. Some people's self-care is way too focused on productivity-based things, things that are depleting energy-wise. Most self-care is gonna be things that require no energy, but it's always things that make us feel better off after. And that's why we commonly use things like baths, naps, but sex and masturbation are absolutely powerful forms of self-soothing, self-care. They're great coping mechanisms when we had a rough day, when we feel lonely, detached, isolated. and uh, solo sexuality. very important. We don't want to shame it. A lot of people, it's kind of shutting down, but it's a really beautiful way to bring that joy and that self-care back into your life. So don't 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 knock it and um people are self-isolating, you know. And we're getting a little too familiar with some of the flatness, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be. And that's why this is one of those reminders to do a mental health check-in. There's so many resources that are available with ourselves, from ourselves, that can still be meaningful. We're talking we're talking about things like touch hunger and touch deprivation. And that's why we can do things like giving self-massage. That's a way to stimulate ourselves. And I don't necessarily mean in the sexual way, I just mean in terms of contact. Because we talked about this before as well, how horrifying it was that some of us are going, because of, understandably, because of the pandemic, but we're going days, weeks, and even months without being touched by another person. But we can still do self-massage to keep our body alive, right, to keep ourselves being engaged. But we have to be willing to slow down and carve out the time, which in our busy, busy world, with all that's going on, a lot of people don't value that, or they're not able to do that. So this is a little bit of a moment to give permission to self and other to prioritize and focus on that, you know? Um, We'll be talking more about that, you know, because a lot of the coping mechanisms that people are leaning on, like the drinking and the drug use, is maybe gonna create larger problems uh, in the moment, but also down the road. And so when we talk about other forms of self-care, such as solo sexuality, sex toy use, and things like that, we're not worried about that because that's something that we can always rely upon and engage in, right? All right, y'all. Uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to be doing some DMs and question of the night. So uh, weighing on that, question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline IG page in the stories. And DMs come from our Loveline IG page. If you've got a question for us, drop it in there. Always anonymous and confidential. Whatever you're wondering about, someone else might be too so you're helping out other people. And as always, if you want to check out some past episodes of Loveline, you can do so by heading on over to wearechannelq.com. Scroll on down to the bottom. You'll see my little face in Loveline. Click on it and you'll see all of our past episodes. You can binge listen, post, and share. Uh, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back and we're talking about benefits to cutting out toxic family members. Listen, when in doubt, if there's no physical abuse or mental abuse, yeah, we stick around and work through things. But if things are verbally or physically abusive, we're out, we're setting boundaries. You know what I mean? And if people do accountability and take responsibility, and then then we're there. We're there. We're all about that growth. We're all about that restorative justice, transformative justice. You know, we don't just kick people out forever. If they do the work, we welcome them back in. But they have to do the work to prove that they are safe to be in a relationship with us, right? It's not on us. Um, no one has permission to treat you poorly. Again, I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's your parent I don't care if it's your husband, I don't care if it's your boss. We are setting boundaries with people that talk poorly or treat or treat us poorly. That is mental health. We're not we're not doing that anymore, right? And don't let people guilt you because they'll do that, especially family members. They are so good at that because they have they they have a little uh they have too much confidence that you're going to stick around because most likely this is part of a family cycle that they've been raised in or that they've created with you. And so uh, family members tend to be a little overconfident that they have a little more leeway to be problematic. And if historically you've allowed that, well, then they're going to kind of step right into that. So no matter what someone's put you through, no matter how upset you are, you get to set boundaries and um, you don't have to feel guilty about it. Shut down those conversations. Um, because remember, like, it doesn't mean we don't love someone or care for them. We can still love them. We can still care for them, but we can also at the same time set a boundary and not have anything to do with them. And this is where Pema Trojan, who's, she's a Buddhist nun, American. Well, she's actually not American, I'm sorry, but she's a Buddhist nun. Um, She talks about fierce compassion and she talks about how, It's about being compassionate. I love you, I care for you, I wish no harm on you, I I don't seek to harm you, but there's a fierceness in it and that's where the boundary comes in. But I will no longer allow you to talk to me that way or treat me that way, or maybe I will no longer allow you to see me and be in my presence because you're too dangerous. But at the same time, I still love you and care for you and wish all the best for you. But right now it's not safe to have you in my life. That's fierce compassion. That's mental health, that's setting boundaries. And fierce compassion is also about saying, and if you learn and do better and apologize and take accountability, I welcome you back. But until then, I will love you from afar. I will care from you from afar. I work with parents setting those boundaries with their children, children setting them with their parents, even husbands and wives. This relationship or this marriage is being put on pause. You are emotionally abusive. And until you understand what that means, do the work to be better and demonstrate that you're safe. I'm pausing this and I will love you and care from you from afar. That's called fierce compassion and boundaries. And people won't understand that. They often won't support it. They often will pressure you, they'll, they'll triangulate, which means bringing in a third person to pressure you, right? You'll get pressure from your dad because you set that boundary with your mom. You'll get pressure from your siblings because you set that boundary with your mom. You'll get pressure from your friends because you set that boundary with a friend that everyone shares in common. You do it anyway, you do it anyway. That's mental health, is often disappointing and letting people down. That's part of that boundary sometimes, right? They'll use things like, you know, blood is thicker than water, or friends don't do that, or family members don't do that. Uh, Yes, they do, because you can throw back at them. Family members also don't emotionally abuse people. Love and abuse cannot coexist. They do not coexist, I'm sorry, not at all, not ever. And so when someone has left love and is stepping into abuse, no, sorry, that's not what it looks like, right? Because we can't change people. We can only take care of ourselves, ask for our needs, set boundaries, and hope that they will learn from that and have enough empathy to let it be a mirror being held up to show them who they are, right? Because we deserve better always. I don't care what you might've done. I don't care who you are. We all deserve to be treated a certain way, but there are certain people that believe because of the hierarchy or the position of power that they occupy in our life, that they have a right to treat poorly to us. We're even speaking back to systems of power, like government and the police. Hey, you might be a police officer, but that does not mean that you get to assert power and control over someone and misuse it or be abusive. We're holding people accountable on every level. Uh, Our president, right? Um, people in government, local officials, police, bosses, networks, celebrities, you are toxic or problematic, you will be held accountable and called out, period. Go to HR if your boss is toxic or problematic. Go to HR, call the Better Business Bureau, 100%. Family member, have a family meeting. It's a friend, have a sit down with your friends. We're not doing this anymore. This is, this is our mental health, right? You are allowed, it's not selfish either, right? Being self-centering will sometimes look selfish to people that aren't healthy, but people that are healthy will see it as you being self-centering and they'll say, thank you for taking care of yourself. That person was problematic or abusive and I'm proud of you for setting that boundary. I'm proud of you for loving them from afar because you're allowed to do this and you'll inspire others around you who didn't feel like they could, you know? You're gonna get through this. It's gonna feel difficult, but that's how you really know you're setting a needed and important boundary. And again, healthy people will respect that, they'll understand that, and more importantly, they'll be inspired by that. And even if they don't, we do it anyway, right? All right, so coming up next, DMs. If you got a DM for us, you can always drop it in our Loveline IG page. In the DMs, any question or concern you have we are here for you. It's always confidential. It's always anonymous. So again, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And uh, you want to check out past episodes, you can go over to wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, you'll see my face in Loveline. Click on it we're all there. You can binge, post, share. Uh, yep, coming up next, we're going to be sliding in those DMs. So stick around. You're listening to Loveline. Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm a 40-year-old mom. Three kids, all under 10 years old. Oh, God bless ya. God bless ya. <laughs> My husband and I are in an open relationship. We have been, we have been for years. It works for us. Hey, y'all doing your thing, props. However, my kids are starting to ask questions when one of us doesn't come home. Oy, they're starting to notice. And I'm running out of excuses. There's an easy way to tell my kids. Do they even need to know? Oh my God, there's so much in there. Do they even need to know? Well, no, not necessarily, right? Um, I mean, here's where it's, here's where it gets funky, right? Because we're really talking about your sex life. Uh, Because you're not polyamorous. You don't have multiple ongoing relationships. If so, I'd say absolutely tell them. There's tons of books out there written about it, written by actual therapists and psychologists that are in polyamorous relationships. Some of them live together, all their relationships together. That's different. That's just teaching them that relationships come in different shapes and sizes. That's fine. You're in an open relationship, which just means you have your primary partner, your husband, but you both are able to go out on very casual dates or have sex. Very different from polyamory again, which is ongoing multiple relationships, all of them of worth and value, and it's a family. So no, your kids don't need to know about your sex life. They don't need to know that you're out there doing your thing. Um, They're under 10. You know what I mean? They're allowed to understand that people are sexual, I mean, maybe you could even start talking about the diversity and creativity and say some people have more than one partner, right? You could say me and dad are are just together, but some people have more than one partner and you could kind of start that languaging. Um, but I think you gotta keep up the excuses. I know if I had a couple kids under 10 and I was in an open relationship, I wouldn't be like, yeah, you know, I'm allowed to, you know, we have the kind of relationship that says I can have sex with others and sometimes I do when I sleep over, like, I just don't think that that's necessary. I don't think I'm being sex negative. I just don't know that they understand or need to know about that. But that's part of that's part of anything. Like, you know, that's part of being a parent. You have three kids, they're gonna ask questions. You have to be more thoughtful about how they see and encounter elements of your life. And that comes up with other things. If you and your husband smoke weed or like to drink or whatever it is you like to do and you're not ready to talk to him about it or you don't necessarily feel great about it or whatever it is, you, you find ways around it. I, I don't know. Um, I'm also not a child therapist. So this isn't exactly in my wheelhouse. I work mainly with adults. Um, but I also realize that you have to give children age appropriate information. Right. And so, yeah, I just don't think it's the time you guys got to come up with better excuses to pull that one off, you know, but, uh, I'll keep thinking about it. And if I have any new thoughts, I'll circle back and let you know. Um, okay. We still have time for one more. Hey, Dr. Chris, my 14-year-old son is terrified of COVID. He handled it okay in the beginning, but now that schools are headed back, he's having panic attacks, doesn't wanna go. I think he needs to go back to school and socialize and deal with the fear head on. Should I make him go back? Oh my God. Well, I think mental health matters. And if he's not prepared, he's not prepared. I don't think we force him back in. I think you do some education, you know, sit down, watch some educational videos that the CDC has put out there about transmittability, uh, talk to him about masks, right? Get him vaccinated as soon as he can. But I'm never a fan of just. I think someone needs and so I'm gonna shove them back into. If he's having that much anxiety, it could traumatize him and it could actually make things worse. You're trying to do this version of exposure therapy. We'll just drop him in, he'll learn to swim, he'll be fine. No, that's not the case. Often that actually traumatizes when people are forced to do things they're not ready for. I know we have this whole thing called the school system and the school year and grades. Mental health doesn't care about that. Mental health has to come first and be prioritized. And that means sometimes people miss out or held back, go back later, need special um, accommodation Yes, sometimes people need special accommodations. What's good for one is not good for other. We have different psychologies, different mental health issues and different needs. If the kid's not ready, he's not not ready. Be a good parent, focus on supporting his mental health and meet him where he's at. Talk to the school psychologist, talk to the principal. Kid's not ready to come back. It's gonna take some time. We're gonna ease them back in. But get him, we, we feel empowered when we have information. So get him some information, talk to him about safety. All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back on Monday. If you have a question for us, drop it in our DM on the Loveline G page. And you can check out past episodes of Loveline by going to wearechannelq.com. Please spend your weekends focused in joy. Turn your phones off, be unavailable. Don't check your email, just joy and rest. As always, thanks for hanging out and you enjoy the rest of your night.